This episode of Two Girls, One Pup was brought to you by listeners like you who support independent artists and by people who love puppies. Pups and dogs. Dogs. Male camp. Dogs. Puppies. Ooh. My guest today is Dr. Ashley Manugian, an animal physical therapist. That's right. Sometimes dogs need physical therapy too. Ashley is such a cool person. She's kind and funny and, oh my God, her resume. She studied and worked in everything from the athletic department at USC. She's researched rehabilitation approaches for post-stroke victims. I can't even say that. She volunteers for the USC Fit Families, which teaches at-risk children the importance of healthy eating and physical activities. And she even volunteers for the Special Olympics. Since all that, she's gone on to combine her passion for injury prevention and rehabilitation with her love of animals. And now she works at the California Animal Rehabilitation Center in West Los Angeles. Now normally we'd go out on the street to meet a dog in our neighborhood, but instead, later in this episode, we're gonna meet a dog in therapy. A little adorable guy named Matzah, whose mom Melissa was nice enough to let me join his session. Coming up on this episode of Two Girls, One Pup. It's time for a pupcast. This is where are we? What's the California Animal Rehabilitation or care or care Aww. for sure? <laughs> are you? I'm a dog person. So, wait, are you allowed to say that as yeah. a vet? Oh, yeah. Say what you got to say. Well, I didn't know if you were allowed to say there were any animals you didn't like. Um, snakes. Okay. I told, I said, told my boss, I draw the line at snakes. <laughs> do, you, do you get a lot of snakes? No, in? we don't get any. I think that works out. We do get bunnies, and I did a pig once. A pig? Yes. A did you do physical pig. therapy on yeah. that pig? Yeah. What did it need? Oh, it had a nerve damage, and so its like paws were messed up, couldn't walk right, and so we just basically tried to reteach it to walk, and then it got sick. But Aww. we were doing so well until that point. This is our pool, and it works where they get in, they wear the life vest, and the technician actually goes in with them, and then they get to swim a lap, they come back, take a break, swim a lap, come back. Just for different things where they need yeah, to movement, yeah. just basically movement, or if like they're not strong enough to walk yet, Aww. and we need to like start moving their joints a little bit, so they'll come in here. So comment. Hates water. Yeah, you get a lot of dogs like that. Yeah, what so you, we'll try. We usually try like four sessions, and if it's still a hot mess, we just pull it because okay. when it's you don't torture them to get them through this, you know. And right. Usually about like three or four sessions, we'll know if it's going in the direction of they're getting more used to the water. Um, if they're not, we're just like, okay, let's stop. Cause do do all dogs know how to swim? You think? That's a good question. Because part of me thinks if you put them in, they just would naturally. Naturally, no. I know every time they've gone in, they've just been kicking, and I've never asked if they did or didn't know how to swim before that. Because <laughs> we have the vest on, and, oh, like, and we're in with them. There's so not a lot like, of risk. Yeah, there's actually no risk in this, because okay. like, we have them the whole time. And that pool is, like, literally, if I were to get into it, the pool comes up to here on me. Oh, just your chest. So there's, like, nothing. nowhere they could, like, go. So they're completely safe. That's why we never would even have to worry about it. Do you have dogs that pee in it? Oh, yeah. <gasps> you don't want to even know what it takes to get this cleaned if someone pees or poops in it. Oh. It is a whole ordeal. Another reason they're like kids. Yes. You know, so we try really hard to get them to go to the bathroom before. Yeah, but swimming. Okay. That's cool. 
Are you kind of excited when you get to um, prescribe the pool to the dogs? I would be more if I actually got to get in with them, but oh. the technicians do that. So, yeah, I don't get to do all that fun. I bet they do some stuff that you don't like to do, though. That, that's also a good point. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some things that I'm not that excited about doing. Now, are these all are, the, you have all these great pictures on the wall. Of clients that Those are actual seen. clients? Yeah, these are all of our clients, oh. all of them. And then these are the eval rooms. So okay. when they come in, they get, I think it's a two-hour evaluation with a vet. And that includes a full, med, like a medical workup. So they do the basic, like, screening, like, how's oh. heart, how pulse, eyesight, ears, blah, blah, blah. So they'll run through that. And then they do full orthopedic, full neurologic. Wow. I, don't na- I can't name a single vet that can do all of that in one evaluation. Wow. So a dog is coming in here and getting, like, literally from nose to tail. Check. Why do most dogs come here? Are they... Is physical therapy just part of what you do? Part of it, yeah. Okay. Because we do a lot of holistic stuff. They'll do herbs. They'll do acupuncture. They'll do physical therapy, <laughs> nutrition counseling. We do sports injury prevention. So it's like everything. Oh, wow. Like we don't wear just one hat. We hear, wear like 50 hats. And so uh, this is a weird question and I apologize. I love weird questions. I feel like it's rude actually for me to ask this. But So you're a veterinarian. No, I'm a physical therapist. Ah, that was my question. physical therapists and vets working together here. Now, that is a really rare combination. There's not a lot of facilities doing that. It's usually separate. It's usually separate or there are not physical therapists doing it. Oh. So in California, that's been a big old debate because the law is very open-ended right now. So really, essentially, anyone can do rehab right now. Anyone. Joe Schmo off the street can say, I can start doing rehab on your dog. And there's... A lot of people that are getting upset about that because there's obvious safety concerns. Right. Um, I love our model. I think our model is a very, very safe and effective model because I know that dog has gone and seen a vet. There's no heart condition I have to worry about. Matza, that dog we're about to go see, yeah. has a heart condition. Oh. Yeah. So what if Matza has an episode right now in the middle of therapy, which there is a high likelihood that he could oh. because he has a pretty significant heart condition. I'm nervous now. Don't be nervous. Well, what if it happens now? Oh, that could be good podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, alternative angles. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the point being, something bad happens, I literally can run this dog right. 10 steps up and right. I have a vet right there. And we have two hospitals down the road and there there have been, I've worked here now two years, I've had to stop therapy three times and get the vet and they've ended up going to the hospital. Oh, wow. So it, it does happen. Owners are just not aware of really serious medical things happening and we're yeah. like, this is not normal. I send it to the vet and it says, says hospital now. Go. Oh my gosh. So I love this model because I feel like it's the safest from when your dog comes in. You, that medical problem is not going to get missed. And you have to have like a prescription to see no. You don't need a prescription to see a physical no. therapist? No. Oh. Not for this. Not Like I said, open-ended. There's no laws right now. Oh, I got gotcha. So no prescription. They can come right in and come see us. Wow. Yeah. Is this a little MRI machine? No. This <laughs> is a pulse signal therapy machine, a.k.a. PST. The dog literally sits in that ring part, and it uses magnetic vibrations to help basically bone healing. And apparently, it works best with arthritis. Oh, my god! This is like old school stuff, but old school doesn't mean it's out of date. And apparently, this has some pretty good research with bone healing. So, It looks... Uh, how do you get a dog, dog to just oh, sit in Oh, it's so there? easy. Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the tech just sits right here with them. Oh. Dog just lays down and chills the whole time. And okay. it's like a nice little break. The schedule is really intense on this, so because it has to be done like according to a really strict schedule. I think it's like 
half an hour twice a day and then like you have to do it every day in a row for like five days it's a strict schedule because i guess that's how they dose it to make it more effective and dog bone healing is the same as human bone healing more or less yeah we use the same time frame yep six weeks you know four six weeks and then some of them we have to go more to like the eight week marker because it's not like with humans where you can say don't put your foot down you know rest right so we sometimes have to go a little bit longer that's got to be the hardest part is you can't really control what an animal actually does you cannot yeah this is the office that's where i do all my work and we have like the little dual pane windows so i can see and watch the exercises i'm writing my notes it's creepy i know (laughs) (laughs) you're spying on them This is the underwater treadmill. <gasps> That's cool. This is really cool. Normally that ramp is up, but they already cleaned the whole thing out because we already had our last, last dog for the day. So come up in the ramp. They get in there. The blue bumpers on the side are if they're trying to ride the side, get a little free ride and not do <laughs> oh. the workout. So we'll put the bumpers in a V so that it helps either if they're putting their front feet out, the V is in the front, or if they're putting their back feet on the rails. You put the back. I mean, do dogs look at you like, what the hell are you trying to make oh, yeah. me do? Like, yeah. you're weirded out by they, this, They right? are. And the thing that's really weird is water is rising from the floor. They're like, what? in what world does water rise from the floor like this? I can't and, imagine what my dog would do. You know, but most of the owners are telling me two visits. They're like, I get it. Okay. They get it fast. They get it. And they're yeah. not tortured. We feed them treats. And they're just like, all I got to do is walk in this. Okay, that's I'll it. take some yeah. treats. Yeah. Sure. And they get treats. And we also have video cameras because... Sometimes owners can't be present simply because their dog goes crazy right. and so we're not getting stuff done. So we installed video cameras so that the owner can watch from the front. Oh. So if you could, so they probably didn't have it live because our last dog already was done, but you can watch the dogs walking oh, in it cool. from the front. Yeah, so that's really, really good. And then again, we did the dual pane window because the technician runs this and we have a set program for if a dog's sore, you do this. If they're not sore, you do that. How do you know when a dog is sore? Like Comet is really... Um, as his vet has said, he's really stoic. Yeah. He has like a weird hippity hop scotch thing that he'll do, and we think it's his knees, like his mm-hmm. little joints, especially because the glucosamine has been helping. But she couldn't, eat, she can't always even tell that he's in pain. So, yeah. what are the biggest signs? Big, big signs are let's start with the most obvious one. You're taking Comet on a walk. Did you notice that maybe a month ago, a year ago, whatever, Comet was in front of you on the walk? But is mm. Comet now at your side or behind you? Dogs starting to slow down, and they're slowing down because of pain. Wow. So big thing to start looking for on walks is, was your dog getting a little bit slower and behind you, reluctant to go on walks, slower to get up? Like, do they look really stiff when they're getting up? Do they hesitate when they're going to lay down? Are they like, eh, I don't really want to do this, yeah. but I'm going to do it. Uh, yeah. Or do they collapse on the way down because they can't have enough strength to do it right? Yeah. Um, other signs are licking lips. Um, they sometimes chew. Wait, their lips? Their lips. They'll lick their lips. They oh. will, yeah. And sometimes if you're touching them and like it's a painful area, they might yawn. Those are all nervous signs they're giving yawning. off. Yawning, licking lips, eye blinking if something they touch. What about, <laughs> no yeah. one's going to be able to see what I'm doing, so it's just you. Comet will sometimes <laughs> do this thing where he'll just be like, they'll like be. puff his lips, hmm. kind of like. No, I've only seen that a couple times where it's like this part. Yeah, yeah I've like seen his that. cheeks kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that on two dogs, and that is a pain sign on my, two of my dogs. I think sometimes he maybe does it if his tummy's upset. It could be, and that's but the other thing. It could be other things. Yeah. So I have to. My job is I correlate everything. Like when I'm palpating, like is your dog doing the noise right. at the same time? Am I feeling a soft tissue restriction? If all three of those are positive, that's pain. Ugh. 
And then there's just other things like they're reluctant to get in the car when before they used to just run and jump into right. the car. It's it sounds like it's it, the better you know your dog, the better you're going to be able to identify these right. things. And then the big thing that surprises me that people miss is they start knuckling. What we call knuckling is when their toe kind of turns under and they're dragging their toe or owners say they can hear like scraping. Oh, because they're dragging their they're feet. They're dragging their feet versus before a healthy dog should be able to lift their foot up and place it. But yeah. a dog that's going isn't strong enough or is too painful to lift their leg. How do you do this job and not be sad all the time? Because I, like, I all fix day, them. Okay. <laughs> I feel like all day long I would just be like, oh. I, that's, I didn't become a vet because I couldn't do the whole animal cruelty and all that stuff. There has not been, there's only been a couple cases where I've been upset about the way dogs were brought in, but those were rescues. Okay. And you're very happy at the end of it because right. you have significantly improved their lives. I don't fix all dogs. There's some things I can't fix. Okay. But I, we always make pain and comfort the number yeah. one goal. You know, you get reducing pain. You're not losing dogs on the table no, in the operating table. Not, that would no, be. Okay. No, we're not doing that. That's not our clinic. Medical emergencies go to a different clinic. We're pure rehab. Okay. So we're all the dogs that are healthy enough to be doing physical activity of some sort, you know? Yeah. So it's not like death is around me all the time. Have you ever had a celebrity dog? Oh, yes. You have? We, this is LA. We have many celebrity dogs here. Do you have celebrities dogs or celebrity dogs? Celebrities dogs. Okay. We okay. do. We have a couple really like higher end athletes that do come here, like the canine athletes. Yeah. So we do have a few of those. We're really trying to ramp up our like canine celebrity out. Like, <laughs> but, and then one... I want to say one was a canine celebrity, but I can't remember that name. Been in movies. Matza's kind of a celebrity. I, he has like a million views on YouTube, right? So can I count that? Yeah, that's way more than me. There we go. Yeah, there we go. There we go. That's my dog. <laughs> this is our private gym. Um, <laughs> this is with a dog is aggressive, very nervous, ADD dog, because we can't have them out in the gym because there's too many distractions going on. Um, so yeah, these two sleeping giant dogs here very look dangerous, real dangerous. But they so, tend to live here a lot, so we like to give them this room so that they have lots of room, you know, because they're here so much. Um, this is like the VIP room for them, basically, Aww. so that they can. And she's very old, so we do anything and everything possible to make these dogs, like, come, like we order orthopedic beds if necessary, and if they won't share tear it up, we'll give them orthopedic beds. Wow. Whatever it takes. Like, this dog can't be on an orthopedic bed. That's too hard for her to get up. So we've literally, like, wrapped it. And she also has incontinence issues. So we wrap yeah. all of her bedding in trash bags. Aww. Then puts a nice sheet on top of it so it's soft. We rotate her every two hours to make sure she doesn't get pressure sores. Is she staying here through her rehab, or is it a day like a daycare both kind of so okay. she her rehab is never going to end she's in here to maintain her comfort level uh, and everything is it like hospice kind of um this is probably one of the only dogs you could say that is most like a hospice case okay she is her care is so extensive that it's very difficult to have uh an owner take care of her at home. so we it's it's really a good we have a good setup to take care yeah. of dogs like this so when it's just too much and another dog you'll see out there george his it's very extensive his care so we say let's just take care of them let's get them a little bit better this is unique but most of the time let's 
take care of them. They're going to night board over here. Okay. And then get them better. Once we get the peeing and the pooping and they're a little bit more functional, then you take them home. Right. Because it's just too overwhelming for them to do it, you know? Yeah, and then at the same time for them to actually heal. Yep. At the same time. This is all of our boarding stuff because we do day and night boarding. Our day boarding dogs, we just added this. We're super excited. All of our day boarding dogs get exercise program included in their day boarding. Oh. So they get a little 30-minute program and they get to get exercised by a trained technician here. Wow. Yeah. And if they need ice, they get that. So this is, each dog gets their own little barrel. Um, any medications, food goes all in here. And we have the most detailed boarding sheet. You will, it would give you a headache to look at this I boarding bet. sheet. It's like pee at this time, pill at this time. Are it you is, this specific with your own dogs at home? Um, yes. Are you? Probably. I would say so. These are night boarding kennels. Okay. These are the ones that stay over the night. Look at like, these are... <laughs> Oh, do, for Tiggy. You know, you do the no notes. loose bedding, no towels or toys. No, I mean, that sounds obvious, but you know. We write the notes on there that way. Monitor for coughing. And that's a very expensive orthopedic bed for him. Is it? Yes. There it is. Dog hair all over all it. All over it. Uh, yeah, you know, we pick and choose our battles, but. <laughs> and they get walked, you know, regular schedule. So there's someone here 24 hours a day. 24 hours a day, this is, yes. This is our grooming. We do not, we're not saying we're a grooming facility. This is medical grooming. Oh, okay. It is like if your dog has issues and you're too scared to take them to a regular groomer because they don't understand those medical issues, they groom here. Oh, okay. They'll groom, they'll do toenail trims, they'll do anal glands, all that fun yeah. stuff they'll do here because we are one we are aware of their medical issues and we also have a lay down tub because dogs okay. can't stand and they get sore after an hour of grooming so we'll just lay them Aww. down and then they can we can bathe them in here it's way safer the dogs are not as sore after it's really really good right be honest did you not become a vet or a groomer because you didn't want to deal with the anal glands <laughs> You know, I actually had to learn how to do anal glands because my own dog has that little issue. So does mine, but I'm not going to learn that. I'm like, where do I go? Tell me how deep. How you just I just went in there. Oh, said, you just show said me it. Tell me how deep. deep. Uh, I did, you know. I, I'm a girl that just dived right in. Well, <laughs> uh, it's a bigger visual. But man. I have to admit, I'm not really good at it, so I have the other guys do it. So right. Ooh, this is the fun time. This is the gym. This is where I am all the time. Um, he's already You all ready? All right. Oh. This is Matza and Matza's human. Mozzarella is an adorable white Jack Russell Terrier in a checkered bow tie. This little guy, he got a little bit of internet fame when his YouTube video of him slowly backing up, completely guilty after getting into some mischief, went viral. We'll share links on our Facebook page. Anyways, Matza has had a bit of a rough time. He has a heart condition. He had a stroke a few years back. And as you'll hear, he's got a lot of joint problems that make it really hard for him to walk. Do you call him, do you call yourself his mom? Course. You do? Yeah. Okay. Course. I have a thing. It's That's great. Uh, do you know I don't. I call him I'm a human. Oh, I'm a human. Okay. Because I didn't birth him. But I don't judge people that call him. I mean, I I'm not it. his bio mom. Okay. <laughs> I'm his adopted mom. You are. Does he know he's adopted? No. He doesn't no. You said that quite loud. Like I know. He it's a good thing he's hard of hearing. Oh, <laughs> let me show you him walking before. So you can see what the difference is before and after a treatment. Okay. So, Come on over here. Oh. So you see how stiff his front legs are? Yeah. So that's primarily what we're trying to improve, right? It is the, Ooh, the front legs. Yes. Mom! 
buddy. So remember what the front legs look like. Okay. And then we're going to do a treatment and then we will compare. <laughs> that was actually really good. I know. And then Zach is the technician. So every exactly. time I am with a dog, I have a technician. And they're here to help hold, get the dog down, and they run through exercises, all that stuff. And they give injections as well. Okay. They are super duper trained. They're not like a technician that you find at a normal vet office. They know rehab and they know all this really, really higher level stuff. So are you trained in physical therapy specifically or um, also a in A little bit of both. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. So there are a lot of physical therapy exercises I can perform and like basic stretches too. Um, as far as like certain nerve glides and things like that, I can. But yeah, subcutaneous injections I am allowed oh, wow. to do. Yeah. Do you think he likes coming here, or does it? I think he does. He's definitely more alert when he comes here because it's only the basically the only job he has. <laughs> so I am starting with some general stretches. I started with the back leg. That went really, really well. Like his hip flexors, hamstrings, knee range. That's good. This is the stuff that I got to really get down to. The front ones. And this is difficult because it's not like normal rehab because he has what is called extensor tone. Extensor tone is because of a problem with the nerves. So the nerves were injured in some capacity, whether that was a disc bulge or the nerves getting pinched somewhere else along the whole system. Our money is on more of a disc issue that's creating this problem. Okay, right. and this has gone on two years? A couple years, yeah. yeah. Two years. Oh. So this is two years of extensor tone. And so that's why it's really, really hard to break. When he first came in, I think we could move like that much, right? Oh. Like that. And now we really are bending but the part that I was saying that's tricky about it is this can be painful for them if you overdo it so if someone just yanks on them he will jump off the table so you have to kind of go give and take so you give a good amount of pressure but you're not overdoing it yeah because if you don't address this what happens is called a contracture and that's a very bad thing I cannot fix it there's nothing in the world I can do to improve that once a joint contracture happens that means the joint has basically fused itself and it's stuck in that position will never either bend. And then bend leg, the, the result yeah. is it's really like stiff legs yeah. that and can't I, move. I cannot fix that. That's uh. done deal, and there's nothing I can do. Um, this is not the case. There's no joint contracture. I just have extensor tone. So that's really absolutely crucial because we don't want a contracture to form, and doing this makes it more functional. I mean... It's been two years now. Is this a lifelong thing you'll have to do with him? Mm -hmm. He's 16. Yeah. He's 16. So. 16. <gasps> He's a senior citizen. Yeah. He looks amazing. I think so too. Wow. <laughs> was this the one he was limping on after or the left? It was his left. Yeah, okay. That was the one I iced wrongly. <laughs> um, but I came here because I thought it was his back legs. Oh. Mm -hmm. Because. I learned that because I thought there was something wrong with his back legs and I thought he had like a lower back injury or something because he would just kind of his legs would splay out and I would find him in a room on my hardwood floors with his legs splayed out like a cartoon dog on yeah. an ice rink <laughs> yeah 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 and he was struggling and then so I um, they suggested I take him here and um, found out that it was actually kind of resulting from his neck and his arms were compensating for everything, <laughs> and they were pushing up, and they kind of just oh. stayed so that way. So what she was noticing was the weakness, because 
this was so tight the front because one of was the neck, so, tight. Okay. so tight that these for so long had to do so much work. The back one. And eventually right. he's like, I can't maintain this anymore. Well, how long had you had him before you noticed this? I mean, he started doing it, I would say, the past two years. People are like, oh my gosh, he walks so funny. But he's always had this kind of funny trot. Yeah, and then you feel guilty. No, yeah. I don't want to make you feel oh, guilty, no. but I was bawling sure. the first day that I was yeah. here. Yeah, because I felt so bad because um, Dr. Bertoloni was like, well, he's in pain. I said, what do you mean he's in pain? Right. It's like he's, his back legs are weak, but he's in pain. And then that's when I felt so terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's no way they can tell you. That's what's no so one hard. tells them. No, that's so that's why... No one tells you guys. We come this. here. Yes. So we're hoping, like, honestly, like, this is a new field, but really we're hoping that vets really start to screen for more of this stuff and educate owners about what pain signs look like. Like, that was one of your first questions to me. How do I, how can I tell if my dog is in pain? Yeah. And people don't even know that they're missing it. And yeah. it's not fair to them because if someone just had told you two years ago, yeah. there might be some pain yeah. signs here. Like, I need some Advil or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. Then maybe this wouldn't have gone on yeah. as long but no one's no one's telling you guys this stuff yeah. I go I live in the South Bay I can't walk on the strand anymore because I get too upset because I see hundreds of dogs where I'm like I want to steal the dog and start giving it pain meds and never let someone walk it until this gets better I'm like you can't be walking this dog and I'm that crazy lady that pulls over and says you know your dog is in pain <laughs> and I'm wondering am I going to get shot for this right. or like am I going to get a hug What? how is this going to go um Aww. So hopefully... So do you diagnose too then? Yep. That's yep. Part, the the vets will it. diagnose. I do not diagnose. Oh. I can do, like I say in my diagnosis, is like potential, blah, blah, blah. The vet makes the final diagnosis. Because okay. that's how we work here. Yeah. So we cannot make, a physical therapist cannot make a medical diagnosis on a canine. Okay. Because that's not my scope. I mean, he doesn't look like he hates them. Uh, no, he doesn't. It's like a little no, massage, right? No, and this is right? the funny part yes. too, is that he's 16 years old and until he came here, he had to be muzzled everywhere he went. What? Why? Yes. And because he's an a-hole. <laughs> actually, the reason we didn't take the muzzle off right is because he would shake. Yeah, he would shake the needles off. out. Yeah. And one so... landed really close to his face. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it got a little dangerous in there, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a really high-risk job. Hi, baby. Um, but at the vet's office, like, it's, I mean, he has whole folders covered in, you know, caution, will bite, yeah. you know, things. and. One time they put a black hood over his head. This is a this is a vet that we don't go to anymore. But when in his young, really rambunctious days, they asked me to leave the room, and then they put a black hood over his head. That seems kind of racist. It was a little somehow. Extreme. I know, I know, it was a little inappropriate. But he was bucking like a wild. That's horse. terrifying. Yeah, totally. No I do not see that dog ever. Well, I'll show you. Video. Does he still do that, or has no. he? No, it's because he well, was here. In well, here he just—he's become very accustomed to different people picking him up and weighing him and um, and doing all those things. But I mean, part of it also, I think, I probably could have socialized him better mm. because we'd go to the dog parks and he would start fights with the big dogs, and then they'd ask us to go to the small dog park, and then he, the, he hates all small dogs. Yeah. Um, do you so, think that's because he he was in pain, or literally it's just his I think personality? that was just his personality all oh, okay. of his life. He's a wild man. Oh, that didn't feel good, did it? This is his harder side. Okay. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that because I never, ever, ever, ever go into pain, pain on a dog. I will go into discomfort, but not pain. Okay. Um, 
The only exception to that is one dog that I have right now, and I do go just into very, very early stage of pain because he's getting into that zone of the contracture, and I don't want that to happen. Uh, you're so, just doing whatever you can to but stop But that is it. the only dog of the thousands of dogs I've seen that I even get close to that level. I don't think you should ever be stretching into pain on an animal. Discomfort, yes. Pain, no. Now, how often do you bring him in here? Um, about twice a week. Wow. And then how much work do you have to do at home? That's got to be a lot of it. I'm the work you do at home, right? I'm supposed to do every day, twice a day. What's the oh. answer going to really be, though? I'm curious. The answer is going to be every other day. Oh, I'm okay with this. Oh, okay, good. I'm okay. okay. I mean, I could be happier, but I'm okay with this. I mean, when he's sleeping, I definitely bend Get his in. arms and pinch yeah. a lot. When he's awake, he's it's not. It's a no-go. Yeah. yeah. Do we know how he got injured? No. It can just happen. Also because he was just a huge troublemaker back in his day. Could have been doing wild things. Huge oh. troublemaker. Was this karma? No <laughs> was it way. I mean, I turned around and I found him. Like, I walked in my old apartment, I walked downstairs, and I looked up and he was standing on the table, eating a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ironic, because he's monster. But like, <laughs> I don't know how he got onto the table, I don't know what, but he was just up there in my bagel. So he's getting annoyed with me now. And he's getting annoyed because I'm pinching his toes. This is one of the first things you do when you're doing neurological rehab. Because when you pinch a dog's toe, the natural reaction is to bend it. If they don't bend it, there's a bigger neurological problem occurring. But bending right now, and it's annoying. It's just the same feeling as if I'm pinching you. And yeah. he's like, dude, stop, stop. <laughs> um, but I'm using this because I have to sometimes force it if I don't bend, but if I give him a little gentle pinch, he doesn't. And he will let me bend a little bit more. Okay. So I do this because it's the nicer way to get this arm bent. And is this all just, do you kind of learn on the job as you go, or you learn all this in school, or? So all of my physical therapy knowledge, all of that is there. Every concept, every technique is there. I just had to learn how to apply it to the canine. There are some differences, like they don't have a clavicle. Oh, yeah. You know, so there's like some stuff. You you have huh. to learn that. I never your, thought about that. Clavicle. And they have some extra vertebrae. Um, so there's difference. Yeah. All right, true. let's get him on up. Let's see the difference. He's kind of relaxed oh, no. now. Yeah, that's how they end. All relaxed. Okay, okay, They're okay, like, okay. I'm good. I'm really good now. <laughs> Did you ever do, um, uh, what is it called? Acupuncture form? Yes, they do that here too. Mm -hmm. Hey. Oh, he looks strong. There he goes, tail is wagging. He's almost running now. Big difference. And he's getting tired now because of his heart, but he was trying to run to her. So that to me oh. is a successful treatment. I mean, you can notice a little bit more bend in his elbows yep. too. Yeah. Come here, buddy. Look, <laughs> he's trying to jump. Yeah. Feeling better? Good workout. The cold laser right here is big. That's included in the therapy visit. We have cold and then red laser. Cold laser is to reduce inflammation, basically. Long story short, um, they get that at the joints that we feel that are most involved. And then our red laser is for wound healing. I also do wound care, wound care here. Oh, wow. I have so many hats I get confused. Um, <laughs> like so we do, I'll do wound care, splint fitting, brace consultations, cart fitting, 
you name it, if a dog needs it to become more functional or comfortable, we're doing it. You ever try something like, we, this is experimental? Yeah, and all you, you the do. time. All the time I'm like, I'll give this a try. I can't guarantee it's going to work, but let's give it a shot. Uh, one thing I did was vestibular rehab in humans. There's no research on it for peripheral. What, what is that? Uh, it's usually inner an inner ear, ear problem okay. and something. And um, dogs can sometimes get what they call idiopathic vestibular sy syndrome. So something is going wrong in their inner ear. I know how to treat that in humans. I did not know if I could do that on a dog. Uh -huh. I did it on a dog, a giant lab, <laughs> and this technique requires me flipping myself upside down, bear hugging this animal. <laughs> so this is a giant lab on my belly, and I had to have another person, because the other person has to look at the dog's eyes while I'm holding them. Oh. And I flipped myself upside down, and it worked. It worked? And the dog couldn't walk, and then walked out. <gasps> Huh. Wow. I've also not gotten that same result two other times, okay. so it's hit and miss. It's not like every time I get it, but... Where did he come from? You know his He came from a newspaper ad. Really? Yeah. How old was he when you got him? A couple weeks. He was two and a half pounds. You've had him for 16 years? The longest relationship I've been in. <laughs> yeah, of course he's in physical yeah. therapy then. My boss said, oh, you mean your husband? I said, no, the reason why I don't, don't have a husband. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy. Good boy, yeah. And then we'll give him breaks, you know, because of the heart. So it's breaks, rest, yeah. how, And so how long is the session usually? An hour? An hour. 30 minutes in gym and then 30 minutes in acupuncture. And then 10 right. minutes flirting with the ladies. You guys play, like, music and light candles for the acupuncture. Oh. They do play we soft music. Do you really? <laughs> Dim the lights. Yeah. Good job. 16 more years. How about that? Can we go I for can't. that? And then dogs that are going to die before. Yeah. Oh, I will die no. before yeah. if it was another 16 years. <laughs> All righty. You look pretty darn good, mister. And I, I think the it. bow tie was a good call. I think so. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Well, good luck, Mata. So oh, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you, Bye, too. Bye, Mata. Bye. Let me go get my dog. I want to go see who we have. Oh, your pup's here. Yeah. Who is this? Hi. Oh my gosh. Can I hold you? Will he let me? Yeah. What's his He's name? such a mama's boy. This is Jon Snow. <laughs> I did Snow. not name him, but Hi. that was the rescue name, and I, it's stuff. He's so cute. My baby. So I have to assume it's the owner that makes all the difference in the dog's rehabilitation. 100%. Whether or not what I do here ends up being successful largely has to do with the owner. Are they first and foremost, even if they don't come back to me for rehab, if they listen to the fact that you need to limit their activity and maybe get on some pain meds, you can change that dog's life. Mm. So let's say if people can't afford all this fancy LA stuff, if they can at least do that and take that advice, their dog will get better. It makes a big difference. And then the owners that don't listen and they refuse to confine their dog and limit their activity, they don't get better. What um what was like the moment for you when you knew you wanted to work with animals? Well, when I was in grad school, one of my professors used to work here. She told me about it, and I was like, there's no way I can do what I love and combine it with something I love, like animals, and she, it's real. And I was working in humans. I was happy. I loved it. I really love working with humans as well. Yeah. She, emailed, she said, they're hiring. You should apply. I'm like, well, I'll try. Never in my, in my wildest dreams would I think I'd get the job. Got the job, and the rest is history. Yeah. I guess it makes sense, but I don't think I realized there were dog physical therapists. Mm -hmm. Do most go to school for veterinary school or? None of them do. None. None. Because I know they're not vets, but yeah. 
Do you have to be a physical therapist? Yes. In humans? Yep. You have okay. to be a licensed physical therapist if you say that you're going to want to be a physical therapist for animals. Okay. Um, technicians, like the ones that I introduced you before, he can do rehab, but he's a therapy tech, a technician. Okay. But not a physical therapist. So physical therapists have to go get their doctorate in human medicine. They can. They will not be doing a rotation with animals the whole time they're in school. Okay. Not a single one. And then they graduate, they take their license, and then if they can find a place, then they can apply and work. So was it on-the-site training, or did you yep. go back and get other... Both. On-the-site okay. training, and then I got certified in canine rehab um, by this Canine Rehabilitation Institute in Florida. Okay. And I'm now certified fully by them. And so is that learning more about the anatomy of dogs? It which is. you Obviously, in science, you know yeah. a lot of that. But. Yeah, just learning the minute variations and then some of the medical flag stuff that I didn't know in dogs. Like, I know human stuff, but some stuff Interesting. like... Like, for instance, if a cat is breathing with its mouth open, that's a huge medical emergency. I didn't know that. Why really? did I know that? Yeah. Oh. Open mouth breathing in a cat is dangerous and needs to be looked at by a vet. Wow. But my dog can open mouth breathe and just be fine. Yeah. I didn't know that. So stuff like that. Interesting. Is there ever a dog that you don't like? That you're like, this dog's just kind of a dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we're going to be honest, yes. There are the, the, the number one way for me to struggle with getting along with your dog is if they don't let me stretch you. If they're just like, no, no, oh. no. But that's it. But for the most part, I literally, I can count those dogs on one hand. Yeah. Do you insist being called doctor by your friends? No. Okay. No. By anybody? No. <laughs> Only time I'll do it is if there's a client that I have known by word on word of mouth that they're a little bit hard and difficult, I'll introduce with doctor so they know that I know my stuff, mm -hmm. I'm here because I can help, and I'm well-educated. Well, because you're also young. Yeah, and look how I'm dressed. I'm, and, like, I'm, you know, I don't <laughs> scream I have my doctor. I know, this halter top has seemed a little yeah, inappropriate in those heels. <laughs> um, and I'm covered in poop sometimes. Sure. It's just, I, it doesn't look like I have my doctorate. I love it. All right, we have one final thing that we do on every show, and it's right. called Off the Leash. Off the Leash. You have to answer these questions without thinking too hard. Oh, Lord. All, All right. right, what do we got? Question number one, what's your favorite dog breed? Hmm. Oh, off the, oh, favorite dog breed. I guess I'll say Lab. A Lab? Yes. Why is that? They're, they always want to love. They are just there to please. They're easygoing and they're just crowd pleasers. All right. All right. That's it. What's your favorite dog name? <laughs> Charger. Charger? I think it's cute. <laughs> you know a dog named Charger? No, I like Charger. I wanted to name my dog Charger. And my second favorite name is the dog that was actually here today, um, Bone Crusher. Great dog name. Great dog name. And But we get really cool ones here. Yeah. I just see them like Mr. Noodles. Oh, yeah, Mr. Noodles. But I wanted that's to name cute. him Charger, so that's why I guess that's my favorite name. Favorite dog movie? Favorite dog movie? Oh, Lady and the Tramp. Aww. That's because I named my first dog Tramp. <laughs> I wanted to name him Lady, but it was a boy, so I had to send it. And then it doesn't really apply now to generations. They're like, you named your dog Tramp? Right. And I was like, yeah, you know. Disney. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> At so, the time, it made sense. That that would be my favorite dog movie. Great answer. All right, finally, last question. Okay. Which is cuter? <laughs> a three-legged dog or a dog in a wheelchair? A three-legged dog. Yeah? That's my dog. 
your dog's three-legged? He's pretty much. He's a quasi-three-legged dog because uh, he. they think he got hit by a car. Wait, this dog? This dog. You, here, you didn't see him walk? Why? No. His leg barely touches his floor. It only occasionally touches when he's walking real slow. You see how it's too short? Oh. <laughs> see? It's, yeah, and it's kind of just bone. There it goes. It's. Yeah. It swings in the wind. So I will <laughs> definitely pick the tripod. Yeah, tripod. Yeah. When he runs, he uses a tripod. And tripods need the most love because they have the most pain that usually associates with them. So you have to do physical therapy. Oh, yeah. He's my lemon. He's my little lemon. Yeah. He's everything wrong with him. (laughs) Do you see it? It just flaps in the wind. It does flap in the wind. Hi. Hi, Flapper. They wanted to take the leg off, but I was a little stubborn. I said, let's do it. I can do it. I can do this. I can save the leg. Are you glad you did? I'm extremely glad I did. He uses it. All the time. Like right there, you used it. Right. Huh. Now you glad you kept the leg? It's a little <gasps> extra help. You glad we kept the leg? Yeah, you're glad, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ashley. Wait, I want to, I feel like I should call you by your professional name. No, Ashley. All right. Well, thank you again for having me. Yes, this is of really course. Cool. Thanks this for coming. Really cool. I'm so excited. To learn more about Ashley and the other physical therapists and vets at CARE, visit CowAnimalRehab.com. And to see really cute videos and pictures, you can check out their Instagram account, at CowAnimalRehab. And of course, we're on Instagram too, at Two Girls One Pup Show. Same for Twitter. And on Facebook, it's at Two Girls One Pup. You can also check us out online, Two Girls One Pup Show.com, where you can find out more about our next upcoming shows and find links to the next podcast episodes. Two Girls, One Pup Pupcast is produced by myself and Sammy Junio and is part of the Hello Lion Face Podcast Network. Additional contributions and Googling by Corey Rittmaster. Our theme music was created by Matthew Lauren Cohen. The Two Girls, One Pup logo was designed by Lindsay McRae and the Pupcast logo was redesigned by Heather Hanford. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, share, review, shout it from the rooftops, howl at the moon, tell people about us. Thanks! Sit, Comet, sit. I said sit. Don't embarrass me, dog. Unfortunately, I have some sad news to share. This past week, Matza's heart condition got worse, and after 16 years, Melissa had to make the hardest decision of her life and say goodbye to her best friend. She wrote a beautiful letter on Facebook and talked about how much he loved his tennis ball, the one thing he went fighting for even after his stroke. Since that time, one of her mantras has been, find your tennis ball, just like Matza. Melissa also told me that on his birthday, she's going to leave tennis balls with Matza's story at various parks and places in Los Angeles in hopes that they will bring a little bit of joy to other dogs or humans. Her friends have been posting photos with them and their animals using the hashtag for Matza. So if you're so inclined, I encourage you to do the same. I know it'll brighten up her day, just like my visit with her and Matza did.